0: So you want to talk about Mario before we started? Oh Christ!
1: So we're gonna start out.
0: This we're year. so like reverse on everything yeah. lately, like because I'm like, I'm okay with Mario, but not really okay with, with the Ghost Matrix. in the Shell or Matrix. And then
1: you're all like, "Yeah, Mario can't be too bad," and I just got violently mad when. It I noticed. think I'm
0: I'm more okay with it because it's animated and they're just doing a voice casting.
1: At the same point, so. We're going to be uh, doing the uh, podcast thing of dating ourselves, but this is the pre-show. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so Nintendo came out this week, and they released the voice cast for the new Mario game, or the new Mario movie, I should say. Mm-hmm. That is uh, Chris Pratt is doing Mario. Charlie Day is doing the voice of Luigi. The voice of Bowser is going to be Jack Black. And then they include things like Donkey Kong as Seth Rogen, and that makes me mad, too. I could
0: see Donkey Kong as Seth Rogen, though.
1: But Cranky Kong being in it is, first off, why? Mm -hmm. And then Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong, and I'm
0: like... Well, because Fred Armisen does a lot of elderly people in sketches. Yeah,
1: yeah, I guess I can see it. But Chris Pratt's mostly what I have a main beef with. And to be fair, I didn't... My beef with it isn't the fact that it's Chris Pratt chris pratt no matter what he may look like politically or anything else like that is chris pratt he's a good actor that's fine i can yep yeah. my wife put it best when she was sitting there and her first reaction was if this was chris pratt before he got all the notoriety he did from guardians of the galaxy during his
0: rookie mistake rookie
1: mistakes i just got a new phone um, You all get to hear our mistakes for once. Go away.
0: Well, I'm in charge of editing and I'll decide that. <laughs> you can <laughs> so, hear all of Jason's mistakes. Mine will be He's he my perfection per- will be. I was shown. gonna say his,
1: his, he's the picture perfect uh, model of perfection, and nothing ever goes wrong with him. Uh, but so back to what we were saying, Chris Pratt, if it was back during his Parks and Rec days, I could see the fandom being more willing to give him a chance. Than they were with him already having all the notoriety he does from Marvel. And I'm one of those people where my whole beef with it is primarily from the fact that they announced all the boys cast. They did, and to their credit, they included the gentleman. But that's kind of where it pisses me off, too. Where they have Chris Pratt and there's Mario, Charlie Day as Luigi. And then at the very end of all of it, after Keegan-Michael Key and everybody else got mentioned, they went, oh yeah, and Charles Martinette's going to be involved. Charles Martinet famously is the guy who did the voice of Mario since it, since he had a voice. Like, instead of him just being, he well, yeah, he that had was, a voice.
0: That was what, the N64? Yeah, I think that's where it first like showed up. Even
1: in some of the other media before that, like some of the old ads. Like, Charles Martinette's always been the voice of Mario. No,
0: you can't say always because there was the Super Mario Brothers Super Show.
1: You are not going to talk
0: about that. And that was...
1: That was... That, that, that was like, the Paisanos. Yeah, I know. But... Um, and they had a rap and everything. They had a rap and everything, and if you dare quote it. <laughs> I don't no. have to. It's
0: already in your head.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. No, uh, I think <laughs> with...
0: Yeah, that was the brick jump dance. I was going to say, you did the
1: brick jump dance. You really did the fist up brick jump dance. Okay, but literally anybody else in my book would have been better than Chris Pratt as a choice. It's kind of like that syndrome that I think a lot of the fandom is getting, because I've seen reaction videos of it where they you all know, cause I watch the reaction videos from the Nintendo Direct itself. Mm-hmm. I'm into it for the video games and stuff. I'm super excited for Metroid Dread and all of the, you know, all the good games they're coming out with. And then they drop this weird fucking like three minutes about the Mario movie and we're all like, oh, are we getting a trailer? They announced the voice cast and half of the reactions that were live on that were people falling off of their chair laughing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the...
0: Um... Well, the thing is, I think the part of it is because it's such a well-known, well-loved, everybody grew up with Nintendo and Mario, yeah. there, there's no right voice casting. There is none. There, You can't pick anyone.
1: But it seems to me like the people in charge of the animation for this just went through an A-list of Hollywood comedians well, yeah, and kind of just, just kind of went doop, 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 doop and threw darts at a dartboard to see what would stick because... I
0: don't know, but they did a really
1: good job. They did Wreck-It Ralph, didn't they? No, that was Pixar. or that no, was, that was Disney. Illumination. Nope, that was Disney. What did Illumination do? Illumination was known to bring us the terrible franchise Despicable Me and the Minions.
0: This... I mean, it's
1: not terrible. As he's pulling out his phone and Googling. Sales say otherwise. Okay, yes. You're the sales guy. I'm the critic.
0: Yeah, well... A lot of critics get shit Oh, they did Secret Life of Pets. That movie kicks ass. Arguably. That movie was great. That little bunny was fucking awesome. Okay. I'll agree. Secret Life of Pets, that was basically like a... What was that movie with the dog and the cat? Uh... In New York City. Yeah. Oliver? I, I think it was just called Oliver.
1: I think it was. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I don't make a habit of watching it. If my son doesn't watch the animated movie, I don't delve into that oh, I it's love that. foreign animation. It was super New Like, Laika is like one of the few animation houses here in Portland that I'll... You know, they're, they're local to the area that yeah. I actually enjoy. Oh, yeah. Dude, Corpse Bride. Like, most of my animation content is foreign. Mm-hmm. And that'll be European or, you know, English...
0: I'm not a Pn European.
1: European. The other thing that stoked me and I know you're all like I don't care one way or the other was they announced Russell T Davies is coming back as the showrunner for Doctor Who and he is arguably the best showrunner because he had arguably the best run of the 2005 series. He did the Chris Eccleston into David Tennant run of it. Mm-hmm and the joke that I had was when, are they just going to keep rotating out the same, the same three showrunners where Russell T. Davies makes a show good Stephen Moffat takes it globally and kind of fucks it up and then they give it back to Chris Chibnall and runs it into the dirt for three seasons and, and it's not even the fact that it's a female Doctor Jodie Whittaker was amazing but her writing was so bad yeah. like the best moments of her Doctor were when she wasn't following a script like at all
0: yeah, I have strong opinions about Doctor Who. I think Ooh. it's I think it's very similar to Star Trek, where people like it because they remember it being good and corny and cheesy. See, I'm- and now that they're, it's just not the same. And if they were to do the same thing they do back then, it wouldn't. Nobody would like it. You look at it with rose-colored glasses, so you keep watching.
1: As a pretty big fan of Doctor Who, there are two distinct, like, kind of branches in the fandom. The people who get into it because it was their, you know, was their comfy place. Mm -hmm. At a time when media really was just starting to shape around to queerness and LGBTQ fandom and communities and all of that, Mm -hmm. it was a safe space for them to grow and flourish and they have really good memories of how the fandom used to be which is why you'll see a lot of queer people that are that their favorite doctors are from the early era. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of morphed into this big monster where a lot of people are still like me, I pine for the older episodes. Mm-hmm. And I admit that yeah, you I do have a little bit of rose-colored glasses, but I still hold out hope that they can at least bring back the charm with the cheese. Because it's not just, the earlier episodes weren't just cheesy, they were charmingly cheesy. Okay,
0: so can you like Doctor Who without having to like Hitchhiker's Guide? I feel like you have to like them both or you can't like either.
1: Okay, so we're gonna get into a film paper here. There's some irony in in the fact that that fandom crosses over because Douglas Adams originally started as he was gonna be a staff writer for Doctor mm-hmm. Who, and one of the episodes of uh, one of the episodes he was writing for Doctor Who was literally one of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books. Mm-hmm because it didn't get published as a script because they went, what the fuck is this? He shows up on a cricket field and all kinds of other weird stuff. And he went, okay, fine. I'll just, change it. I'll just change the TARDIS to a couch. Yep. Like, it's one of the most, it's actually my favorite of the Hitchhiker's Guide books. And yes, admittedly, there is a lot of crossover. I don't think you have to be a fan of the Hitchhiker's Guide to be I'm, a fan of Doctor Who.
0: I will say about Doctor Who fans, when you're talking about camps, I see it as two camps. You have either the sci-fi nerds or the steampunk nerds. You, you, you generally pick a side and the who.
1: And then there are the people who only watch the horror episodes. That are mm-hmm. like this really weird subset. Yeah. There are the people who get, or the, and a lot of that crosses over the King community. Where you get the people who are really into the weeping angels and stuff like that. I don't yeah. know if you know what I'm talking about. I know about. the weeping but, angels. Yeah, yeah, the statues that you can't look at or that yeah. come and get you. I mean basically what VR horror is now yeah. in video games. Yeah, there's a lot of crossover in that. And a lot of it, I do think, has to, you know, has Doctor Who to thank. I mean, they did bring us one of the first and best queer heroes in sci-fi with Jack Harkness, Mm -hmm. because just how unabashedly gay he was. He didn't wear it on his sleeve in the, I'm gay. He was just gay. Mm -hmm. Like, he'll sit there and he just unapologetically let everyone know, if you have a hole, I will fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) Like... Like, it was a running joke in one of the seasons where whenever he showed up, the joke would be, he would walk into the room and, go, you know, the first person you would see he would go, Captain Jack Harkness. And the doctor would immediately step in and go, oi, stop it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think that's where kind of like, like, it was a lot of a, it's, I like Doctor Who because it also helped me in, you know, working through the character of Jack Harkness realize a lot about myself.
0: Yeah, no, it's huge in the queer community, I, yeah. and I know that just from working at Hot Topic and having to sell it, like, yeah. I mean,
1: I have it literally tattooed on me, so. Yeah.
0: No, I never got into Doctor Who, barely got into Trek. Those older, those older, cornier stuff, I really love the old uh, Twilight Zone. I yes. love Twilight Zone, and, uh. What was the other one? Uh, the
1: reboot of The Twilight Zone was actually good if you had a chance to watch it. Keegum, uh, yeah, yeah, with, with uh, Jordan Peele yeah. doing the boy, doing the Rod Serling role. No, some it of those, good.
0: yeah, some of those reboots are pretty good. Or like Amazing um,
1: Stories wasn't too bad either, but you need to have Apple TV to watch that. Yeah,
0: No, and I like those older ones, especially the horror stuff, because now, like, more recently, the movie uh, Trick or Treat. That's basically they took that idea of having, you know, just short stories and they're like, No, let's make it like one movie and they all kind of tie together. Mm -hmm. But they're individual horror stories. Yeah. Or uh Did they make a show for the uh Tales You Tell in the Dark? I thought they I heard something about it and I heard it. I think
1: it's still in production. Yeah. I heard something about it. I think it was one of those things where they announced it in twenty nineteen and then the world fell apart like right after that yeah. they it got it kind of shelved. There's been a lot of projects like that where it was like hey what happened to it and they're like we don't know. That
0: was one of those books when I was a kid that like looking back it's like oh those were really screwed up books to yeah. read at like, like that young an age. And there's
1: a lot of projects like that also that just kind of fell by the wayside with COVID like one just recently came out and it kind of blindsided me because I thought they put it on production hold. And Apple TV had the rights to Isaac Asimov's foundation. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance to watch it but I was just shocked they actually went through and were able to do the production on it because that's, like, sci-fi Game of Thrones. Yeah. it It's a large chunk of time that it well, takes place over. It's Asimov. Like. Yeah. It's not light reading. Like, mm-hmm. I gave one of my friends the copy of the first book and I was like, this is book one of, like, 14.
0: <laughs> yeah, I never got into Asimov.
1: Like... I read a couple. Asimov, Michio Kaku, Stephen Hawking. I yeah. read that shit for breakfast. Oh, I love Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Would you, like to, would you like to read a little bit of a book called The Brief History of Time? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I also like Neil deGrasse Tyson's writings.
1: I haven't had a chance to read any of his work yet. I haven't. I, have I, have one. Have I to can admit.
0: if uh, when I get my hands back on it. I think it might be in storage. I have a uh, Astrophuel Guide or Astrophysics for a Person in a Hurry. Ooh Raster. yeah, if you yeah. can loan me that
1: I'd absolutely love it.
0: Yeah, and it's just like really quick overviews of different theories and stuff like that. Yeah. It's really good. We're like just a straightforward, let's not dive too much See, into it, but Yeah.
1: See, you guys came from the dick and fart jokes, what you get is an actual yeah, discussion.
0: We Here. always get back dicks and farts. Yeah. I don't know, I don't think we've done a fart joke
1: ever. See? We can try it. I'll I'll try to work one in somewhere. I think you're supposed to work it out. There we go. We got it. Should we get into this episode today? We're going to be talking about uh, cults.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, it feels like a very culty practice. <laughs> but I mean, sure. it doesn't have to be. I mean, that's just the religious side. I mean, some people do oh, like, yeah. uh, abstinence for health reasons yeah. or for you know other reasons. But yeah, there are definitely culty vibes to some of it. Yeah. But we'll. Uh, Thank you for we'll listening the, to us ramble. where I know to cut it.
1: Beep.